Good evening, church. It's good to be back. Good to see you. I hope you're doing well. Please be careful. Uh, we're going to start with reading out of the book of Joshua tonight. And it'll be Joshua chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. Uh, this is the story about Jericho. Basically, it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. No one or none went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around this city, all your men of war. Uh, you shall go around uh, the city once. This you shall do six days. And the seven priests shall bear trump seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. The priest shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass that when you make the long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, uh, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, and then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, every man straight before him. And then I want to drop down to verses 15 through 21 of that same chapter. It says, But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day, marched around the city seven times in the same manner. And on that day only uh, uh, they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now this city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction. It and all who are in it, only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and her house, uh, who were with her, uh, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold, the vessels of bronze and iron, are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people... Uh, when the priest blew the trumpets, it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat and the people went up to the city and every man straight before him and they took the city and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep, donkey, and with the edge of the sword. Let's pray. Father, we look at this uh, passage and uh, it's, it's a little different and so we wonder about it. Some people wonder the historicity. I do not. Uh, Father, your word is always true and we thank you for that. We can depend on it when no, nothing else is, is firm in our lives. Your word is the rock that we can stand on. You are the rock. And so, Father, teach us from it and help us to know you better because of your word. Lord, we just don't want to hear with our ears, but we want to apply it to our lives. We want to be uh, forgetful hearers, but faithful doers. Help us to do that. Help us to realize that you do have a plan for our lives. In Christ's name, amen. Um, I did want to look at this. Uh, you might entitle it, The Walls Came Down, however you want to uh, title it. It's fine with me. Uh, I read about uh, a construction that began in 1904 and completed in August of 1914, so it took basically 14 or 10 years for it to build. It included 40,000 workers at one time working. Uh, 
It's called the Panama Canal. In 10 years, they dug 14 miles or, or 40 miles in length. So in 10 years, they dug 40 miles and they did this for this purpose. It shortened the length of ships traveling from the Atlantic to the Pacific by 7,000 miles. Get that. It was 7,000 miles closer to go from one ocean to the other ocean uh, because they did this, this Panama Canal with the locks and the dams and taking ships through it. Uh, it was called the greatest uh, engineering feat in history at their day. Uh, lots of men actually died working on the Panama Canal from, from uh, typhoid and jungle fever and different things of that nature. But now we're going to look at another remarkable feat tonight. It's the walls of Jericho coming down. We need to understand that uh, God was doing something remarkable in and through his people. They had entered the promised land. This was going to be their first major obstacle was the city of Jericho. It was a great walled city. Uh, the walls were probably 18 to 20 foot high at least. Some, some call say higher than that. It was wide enough that it was 8 or 10 foot thick walls, maybe 12 foot thick walls. And uh, so it was almost impregnable. Uh, and yet God, by his power and his authority, uh, is going to uh, do something that not only the Israelites will learn from, but all the Canaanites know that he is truly God. All right? And uh, there's some things we need to learn from God about it. Uh, the basic one is this. Following God's plans require faith and obedience. Following God's plans require faith and obedience. If you're a saved member of God's kingdom, God has a plan. And he works his plan through you and through me. We are to be a part of that plan. Now some things that we need to understand about that. The first one is this. We need to learn how God works. Now, did you hear me? We need to learn how God works. Uh, God works his plan even if we have not seen it before. God works his plan even if we have not seen it before. When we look back in chapter 6, uh, <clears throat> verse 2, it says, The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands as king and the mighty men of valor. Well, how, God, how have you done that? Uh, they're locked up in those walls. How are we supposed to get through those walls and not have a bunch of people killed? But you see, God works it even if we haven't seen it. See, God had a plan. He knew what he was going to do. He had known it. Now, hear me, we know this from eternity past to eternity present to eternity future. In other words, here's what that really means. God had seen the results of his plans before Joshua came on the scene. See, he knew his people would be victorious. And the key to that plan and that strategy is that God was going to give them victory. They couldn't imagine how God would work it the way he said. It was totally different than anything that was done during that day. And I want you to think about it. Joshua, in order to conquer this city... You get all the people up early in the morning. They're not to say a word. You have some before them, and then you have the Ark of the Covenant with seven priests uh, following the Ark, before and behind the Ark. And those seven priests are going to just play the ram's horns as you go. Everybody else doesn't do anything but march. 
So every morning for six days they get up and in total silence except for the ram's horns playing. <clears throat> All the men of war march around the city. Then he says on the seventh day, you're going to not just do that, but you're going to march seven times around the city. Your people are going to blow the horn. When they hear the longest blast of all seven days on that ram's horn, then the people are going to shout with all their might. I wonder what they shouted. I've always wondered that. But when that happens, the walls are going to come down. That didn't sound like much of a battle plan. Uh, it's because they would never seen that work before. I, I, I bet the people wonder, what are they doing? But they followed it in faith and they obeyed it. And... The, the main spiritual lesson here is for you and for me. Just because we haven't seen God do it that way before doesn't mean He's not going to do it that way now. It's why we cannot afford as the church of the living God to be so stuck in the past, be so stuck in our ways, just hold fast to what we know that we don't realize God can do it His way in a different way Anytime he chooses. Who would have ever thought we would have a pandemic? Who would have ever thought that uh, we would have to learn social distancing and wearing a mask? And for those of you who still don't think that this is real, I assure you it's real. I have a good friend that is caught in it, thought he was going to die. He was so sick. Praise the Lord he didn't. Others have perished around the world. Even healthy folks have died of this disease. You see, God has a plan. And just because we haven't seen it before doesn't mean it's not going to work. And that leads me to the second point on God having a plan. It's this. God's plan doesn't always make sense to us. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine what they were talking about in the tents? Can you imagine the questions what did you do today, John? Did y'all attack the city? I didn't hear any war going on. Nope, we marched around it. We were quiet and they blew the horn. That's what God said to do, so that's what we're doing. Really? Yep. The seventh day, we're going to do it seven times around there. Okay. <laughs> but you see, it was God that was going to cause the walls to come down, not the people. It was God who was going to give victory, not the people. And to do it through the people. But God was going to do the work so that not only Israel would know that he's the one true God, just as he had been in Egypt, he's going to be to them because they had spent 40 years wandering. This is a new generation. The children have grown up. They learn about God in the wilderness, leading them by the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. They had manna until they crossed in the land and ate of the fruit of the land, we need to understand that they still had to learn to follow God in new ways. They had won some battles across the river, but after they crossed over, this is the new ways. And Jericho was the first step in them learning that. And God was going to gain glory not only among them, but among all the Canaanites that would know that He was God and He alone had won the victory. They could not have defeated the city of Jericho without God's plan. All the glory was due to God. And often our plans, even some of our prayers, 
don't work, aren't brought about simply because there's no way God can be glorified with our plans. I mean, think of the different ways God did things that had never been done. He raises up Moses, a man who was guilty of murder. He brings Moses back after 40 years of being raised in the palace of Egypt and then him identified, murdering the Egyptian, having to run. He brings him back after he'd been a sheep herder for 40 years to stand before Pharaoh to use the rod and the, and the staff that God had given him to speak God's word to Pharaoh to gain glory over Egypt and all the gods of Egypt. And in ten mighty plagues, he led the people out. They didn't have to fight not one battle God wanted for them and the mightiest nation on earth bowed before the one true living God it was his plan that brought about that deliverance his person that followed him if you want some more thing about uh, David facing the giant Goliath how is a young teenager going to fight somebody that's over nine foot tall who looks like an armored tank who's been a, a warrior since his youth and here's a shepherd boy with a sling and five smooth stones and yet God raised him up uh, he threw the stone he sunk it into Goliath's head I fell down and used Goliath's own sword to chop off his head who would have believed that but God did it because that was God's plan Later in this book, you read about Joshua and the nation fighting. And, God, and Joshua is saying, Son, be still! And God listened to him and caused the sun to be still so Israel could win a great victory. God has always done things differently. And it may not make sense to us, but here's the truth. If you get it from your Bible, and you know in your heart the Holy Spirit is talking to you, and God is saying to do something, it's time to do it. It takes Faith and obedience for God's plan to work. Now don't go off some half-cocked and do your own thing and pray, God bless this, God bless this. No, I'm saying, you know God has spoken, you know God has led you to this point. He's lined up His Word with the circumstances, with advice from godly friends. You know that's the direction. It's time to have faith and obedience. That's when it works. We need to understand that. See, God's plan, what He wants done, can be contrary to the common sense of men. Do we understand that? Do we, do we know that? Uh, he said it this way in Isaiah 55, chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. Speaking to his people, he says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes they just don't make sense to us, but God says, that's okay, you follow. Do we understand? We need to understand that. So, when we say God has a plan, remember, that He works His plan even when we haven't seen it, that His plan may not make sense to me or to you, but it's God's plan. And when God works, He does it in the best way possible. When God works, he does it in the best way possible. Now here's what I mean now. We often skip verse 20 and just sort of overlook it. Verse 20 says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat. Did you get that? The wall fell down flat. Now, that's an important detail that we may overlook. 
The walls didn't fall in to crush a bunch of people. The walls didn't fall out uh, to crush the Israelites. They fell down flat, just straight down. It's like you see them take these great buildings in our day and do explosives and they go straight down. And, and other than a little bit of dust, you don't have a bunch of damaged buildings real close to them. And so they fell flat on itself. And every man that had circled there went up from where they're at and completely destroyed the city, except for the two spies who went and got Rahab and her father and mother and those in her house, and they led them out safely outside the camp. And the scripture says, as you read this chapter, they're still there today. We actually know that Rahab was one of the foreigners, her and Ruth, in the lineage of David and ultimately in the lineage of Christ. Foreigners outside the commonwealth. Why? Because God has a plan. His plan first and foremost is the redemptive history of all the world. What's his plan during this COVID time? I think his plan is to draw his people back, to renew them. I think his plan is if we'll obey him and trust him in faith, he can bring revival, not to just our land, which desperately needs it, because we're so desperately wicked, but if we would call on him and turn from our wicked ways and humble ourselves and pray, he will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. And not just our land, but think of a great worldwide revival. And if we don't grab a hold of God's plan, if we don't go after God, then we'll miss it. If we don't trust him and have faith, think of it. How many economies around the world did God just say, you're not doing so well, and he stopped them? How has the health and scientists been baffled and still baffled on what this disease really does and how it really works? Oh, we're gaining, we're gaining. They're guessing, they're guessing. In his mercy, it hasn't been as bad and dire as they predicted, with millions and millions dead, but it has been bad. And God has said, I am God, you're not in control. Have we acknowledged that? Have we thanked him for that? Have we shared with others that? In this time where people seem to be grasping and there's without hope and there's violence and our land seems to be torn and there's division that needs healed in our land when racial equality is at its low ebb, we prayed God would Still our hearts so that we would know that he is God? Have we prayed that he would revive or renew us in our hearts and he would bring his church back to life in a vibrant way, draw men and women, boys and girls to himself and send revival? See, he did it in the best way. It came down flat. Now I've read a uh, archaeologist, Kathleen uh, I don't know how to say her last name, it's K-N-Y-O-N. And she supposedly explored and dug down around Jericho and said there's no evidence of walls. So I thought, uh-oh. But there are four possibilities here. One, the Bible could be wrong. Not a possibility. God's word is true. Think about the Holy Spirit who guided the truth is the spirit of truth. Jesus said he was the spirit of truth. Jesus said, I am truth incarnate. The word is his word. So it's truthful, no, no, no thing. The second possibility, maybe they got the site wrong. The third possibility is she didn't down, dig down deep enough. Maybe they got the dating wrong and she got down to a certain thing and said it. The fourth possibility is the best one to me. It's this. 
God so destroyed this city, the walls didn't just fall, they just crumbled and there's no evidence left of walls during that time. Why? Because his ways are higher than our ways. So the heaven is above the earth. His thoughts are that far above our thoughts. They're not his thoughts. He completely destroyed the city. The main thing to know in this truth is three things. He always has a plan, even when it doesn't make sense to us. His ways are sort of contrary to our ways. And the third thing when he gives victory, it's complete victory. God has a plan, and that's what he does. Now, the second main point is this. We need to learn how to respond to God's works, to God's plans. How do we respond to the plans of God? Not only does God have a plan, how do we respond? Well, we need to put our faith in his work and obey. Remember I said, following God's plans takes faith and obedience. See, we need to put our faith to work when we hear from God and adjust our lives and obey is what Henry Blackby said. In other words, God reveals to you he's working in a certain area in the community or a certain way in the church or a certain group of people. And rather than bring that burden that he's listed on you and try to give it to me, you can share that burden with others and be the one who's the champion of that cause because God has laid it on your heart. But what you're supposed to do, what I'm supposed to do when he reveals those things is to adjust our lives so that we can join him in the work and obey him in faith. That's how we respond. Adjust our lives, join the work, obeying him in faith. So God has a plan and we need to learn how to respond to it. The first way is to adjust our lives to his work and obey. See, two words characterize victorious faith, trust, and obey. I doubt that this made sense to Joshua, but I think Joshua just trusted God and obeyed because he'd seen God work so long. He'd raised him up as Moses' helper. He'd raised him up to the leader of Israel. He'd raised him up to lead battles. God had never failed him in the past. God wasn't going to fail him in the present. And God was not going to leave him in the future. Do we know that? See, we have to remember the past in some ways. We put down the spiritual markers of how God has worked and when he answered our prayers. And we look back and as sure as he worked in the past, he's going to work in the present but remember God can change how he works and what he wants to do and what we're supposed to do at any time he is God therefore we cannot be so comfortable in our little rut that he can get us out stretch us and make us uncomfortable he wants to do remarkable things in our lives just like he did with them it's a matter of trust and obey how's that song say Trust and obey. And I can't remember the rest of the song, but that's the chorus. Trust and obey. That should be sort of our theme song every day. To be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. Are we trusting and obeying? Even during this time of separation, are we following God in faith? Do we know he has a plan? Do we respond to his plan? I hope you'll make that commitment today. For those who have not accepted Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, that is God's plan on, plan on how to be rightly related to him. You have to do that, and Jesus said you'll do it publicly. 
Because if you don't confess him publicly, he won't confess you before his, his, his God. If you don't have a church home, God's plan right now is to work through the church and you to work. He doesn't want long range of Christians out here doing something that might damage the kingdom. Once you work through the vision, he's given the church. That is to reach the world for Christ. Starting in our neighborhoods as we have different ministries. You need to join the church by baptism or letter or statement and begin to work. Others might need to come in rededication. Maybe you've given up of God working in your life. Maybe there are burdens so heavy that you don't believe he will work or answer your prayers. And nothing can be further from the truth. If you're God's child, he cares about you, he loves you, and he's going to work all things together for good to them that love the Lord. Even those he's called, which is you and I. All things together for good. Trust and obey. That's what we need to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you how you work in our lives on an individual basis and have that plan. And Lord, we want to have something more than just an individual basis. As a corporate body, we want our lives to count something in your kingdom. As a church, we want to be your church. Be a shining light in our community. A beacon of hope and of faith and of love. And the greatest of those is love, Lord. The love you had for us. We love you because you first loved us. So help us to share your love with others. Let us never get over the fact that you sent Jesus down a cross for my sin, for everyone's sin. If we'll respond to that, not only will we have eternal life, we'll have it with you. And that makes all the difference in the world and how we live now. Let us trust you and obey you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Till next time, church.